0: Beth and I'm Jen. We're two dog moms who met through our rescue pubs, and we love helping people find the best happily ever after dog for them. Each episode we'll explore a different dog breed in alphabetical order and talk about the rescue organizations doing great work to support them.
1: From Afghan Pincher to Schwerg Schnauzer and everything in between we've got you covered. Welcome to the dog and pony show.
0: Welcome everyone. We are so Yay! glad you're here. I mean, let's be honest. I am glad we're here. Not to <laughs> date, not to put a date on this first episode, but I am really just glad to be anywhere right now. <laughs> it's a challenging time, as they say.
1: Yeah. When did we start talking about doing this podcast? It was a simpler time. Let's <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> Well, first things
0: first, everybody. Who are we and why are we here? So I, I feel like we should start with who we aren't, right, Beth? Let's so, do it. All right. We are not veterinarians. That is definitely true. And we are not animal care experts. So I'm Jen. I have a marketing
1: degree. What about you, Beth? I have a law degree and I work in communications, so if your dog has a cough, do not ask us for advice, but if you would like to know the type of bandana that looks best on an apricot-colored pug, we are your people.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: we are so your people, like in the biggest
0: way, or I mean, any any online shopping I feel like we could probably nail. Absolutely. But we won't be dispensing any medical advice or any training tips or dietary regimens. We leave those to the experts, as should you. Any decisions about the care of your pet should be discussed between you and your veterinarian. So I'm Jen, like I mentioned. I'm Astrid's mom, and Astrid is a Pika Pug. I means she's part Pekingese, part pug. And those are breeds that, according to how we've structured this podcast, we will probably cover in what? Let's see, carry
1: the one, 2028. At least I'll be drawing on my 401k by then. Pretty much. So, I'm Beth, I'm Helen's mom, and she is a pug in a bear cub's body. We both rescued our dogs through the Pug Queen Foundation, which is run by Isabella St. James. She rescues pugs from all over the world, and in China, for example, many dogs are raised in puppy mills and then sold to the meat trade, um, like ours. So both Helen and Astrid were destined for such a fate. And then they were rescued by the Pug Queen from a shelter. I'm doing air quotes right now. You guys can't see me, but I use that term very loosely. And unfortunately, before Helen was rescued, she was attacked and lost both of her eyes. But she's a blind little warrior. You'd never know because she's happy as a clam.
0: She's the cutest. The cutest. Oh Helen is adorable. And I adopted Astrid in August of last year, and you adopted Helen, what, the following spring? Yep.
1: In a simpler time, like you said.
0: So, Beth, you reached out to me, well, to Astrid, I'll say, um, over over Instagram.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're being kind. I totally stalked you and your dog.
0: Oh, I was up for it. Anyway, we got to chatting, and long story short, now people basically think we're sisters. Well, our dogs might be related. They might be. I think there's, I mean, Astrid's part pug, so
1: it's entirely possible. So how are we doing this podcast? Yeah, let's talk about why we're here, because I'm sure people are so tired of hearing us riff, but we could also keep talking about ourselves. I don't know. What do you think our listeners want?
0: I mean, I don't know. We'll figure that out. I could do that all day. All right, let's do it. We started this podcast because we have seen people get so excited about adopting a dog, especially now that we're working from home. So many people are working from home, but it doesn't always go well. Some dogs have a lot of energy, or they need jobs, or need a lot of space, and people don't have those things to give them. And it's it can be sad because the dogs end up getting ignored, or lonely, or they act out. They can become disruptive. And the sad part is some of those
1: dogs end up back in shelters. Some dogs are total lap dogs like mine that sleep all day and look lovingly into their owner's eyes. If you're an athlete training for a triathlon and you're hoping for a workout buddy, that Pekingese or peek really, pug um, really, you just adopted is not going to be up for the job. The other reason we wanted to do this podcast
0: is because we hear from people all the time that they would rescue,
1: but they really want a purebred dog. We are here to tell you, you can rescue a purebred dog. If you do your research, take the process seriously and have a little patience, we promise your purebred rescue is out there. And I've had three of them, which have all been rescues. But we're not purebred
0: snobs here at the Dog and Pony Show, right, Beth? Absolutely not. There are incredible mixes out there that take the best of the bunch of purebred dogs and magically bake them into the perfect, perfect specimen. Just like Astrid. Well, obviously, like Astrid. I mean, she's sitting at my feet right now, just wagging her little cinnamon bun tail. (laughs) We are here to give you some insight before you adopt your new best friend, whether it's a purebred or the perfect mix. If you're looking for a dog who wants to go hiking and camping with you, well, let us introduce you to the German short-haired pointer. And if you want the dog that's going to hand you the remote control to see which Hallmark movie is on on tonight, that Japanese chin is going to be there for you.
1: Yeah, you're all about the Hallmark movies. I mean, I really, it's its a problem. I so if you want to watch Hallmark movies in a tent, look for a German short-haired chin. Just, I mean, I'm just kidding. They, that doesn't exist. They, they, I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe Maybe, maybe, it, does. maybe <laughs> it does. Maybe it does. Anyway, each week we'll highlight a different dog breed. We're going to go in alphabetical order, so buckle in. There's content for years here. Content for years. <laughs> we both research the breed separately, so neither of us knows what the other is going to bring to the table and then, oh my God, wait for it. We're going to personify the breed.
0: I am so excited for this part. You guys, you have no idea. We are just going to bring this breed to life in the
1: best possible way. I'm so excited. This is, I love that part. So this is, that's the only reason I agreed to do the podcast in the first place. Just kidding. It's cause I love you and we love dogs. So let's get started. Pincher. what have you got, Jen? Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you're letting me go first this time. I am <laughs> that was very, very strategic.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. The Affenpinscher. And I know we are both so excited that this is the breed we are starting with. So happy.
1: Oh my God. They're the cutest.
0: They are so cute. So if you haven't seen an Affenpinscher or don't happen to know one, and I don't know, Beth, I don't know about you. I don't know anyone with an Affenpinscher. I know
1: a lot of mixes that have Affenpinscher in them, but I don't know anyone with a purebred pincher. They're very rare. They are actually. So Beth, what
0: do the pincher and the Hope Diamond have in common? Oh They're my. both
1: very rare.
0: Yeah. Okay. The answer is Evelyn Walsh McLean. In 1936, the AKC didn't have clear-cut guidelines for adding new breeds. It was pretty much dependent on how the board felt at the time. They were really pretty loosey-goosey. Totally and subjective. So, yes, absolutely. It also depended on who was doing the asking. Enter mining heiress and socialite Evelyn Walsh McLean. Love who, Evelyn. I mean, who doesn't love who doesn't love the Kardashian of her time, right? She had great parties. You just know it. Oh, obviously. And she was famous for being the last private owner of the Hope Diamond before it was sold to jeweler Harry Winston. She also was a key player in getting <sighs> the AKC to recognize the Affenpinscher as an official <sighs> breed. I can hear Helen doing some chefing over there. Is she having, is she excited about Evelyn Walsh McLean? She's so excited. Well, she's excited about diamonds.
1: Who uh, wouldn't it be? What I know. Especially dog like the whole diamond. Be?
0: I mean, well, uh, some people say it's cursed, but I mean, if someone offered to let me wear it for a hot second. Yeah, you'd do it. I would do it. I'd throw that on me. I don't believe in the curses. All right, here's what happened. So Evelyn loved dogs. She had this massive pack of dogs, which included Chihuahuas, Great Danes, Silky Terriers, St. Bernard's, and Brussels Griffons, which, as I am That's I'm a hearing, lot
1: of dog groups to pick
0: up. I mean, well, you don't you Especially the St. Bernard. You know she didn't do it herself. She probably didn't. You're right. No, she had people for that. Well, when she added a litter of Affin Pinchers to her massive mix of dogs, and the paparazzi took photos of them wearing her extravagant collection of jewelry, it added credibility to the Affin Pinchers as a breed. And even though she only had that one litter of Affin Pinchers, on September 15, 1936, Nearly 84 years ago, the Affin Pincher became an AKC registered breed, thanks in part to Evelyn Walsh McLean and her much credited and much lauded Affin Pinchers. Wow, that's I did not find that. So you beat me on that one. All right. Well, I'm sure I'm sure you've got some nuggets there yourself. Now Beth, I know you found in your research that affin pinchers and brussels griffons are often confused with one another. Yes. They look very similar. They do. But they're as different as Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard. You think they're identical <laughs> and often confused with one another. I do. I do confuse them. No, but when you look closely, you find that they're really nothing alike. Only the Brussels Griffon is considered brachiocephalic. Dogs, and those, as we know, being pug parents those are dogs and dog breeds with shortened snouts Affin pinchers do not have that feature that means that while they do have delicate features they are not classified as brachiocephalic and so they can avoid some of the health concern that their flat-faced friends have that doesn't mean they won't face those those health concerns but they're just not as common the affin pincher has round dark and medium-sized eyes but they're not bulging. Whereas the Brussels Griffon eyes are set further apart, they're larger eyes and they're a bit more prominent. It is said that the Affenpinscher pug and English toy spaniel were used to create the Brussels Griffon. So Hmm. the Affenpinscher could very well be a predecessor to the Brussels Griffon. And even though the Affenpinscher has been around longer Than the Brussels, they came to the United States a full 30 years after the Brussels Griffon. And as I discussed earlier, weren't listed in the AKC stud book until 1936. I do have some history. Give it to me. All right. Aff means ape in German. The Aff is sometimes called the monkey dog. I'm sure you know as well. I Um, love that. I know, even though, I mean, please, it should be pointed out that apes and monkeys are different species, so annoying that those two gets up, get mixed up all the time. pinchers have been depicted in German works of art dating back to the 14th century. Wow. 14th century. I mean, Beth, that's the time of William Wallace, Braveheart, the Hundred Years' War, the Ming Dynasty, the Canterbury Tales. pinchers have been around for really long time. Let's see, what else do I have for you? While larger variants of the German toy rat terrier became known as miniature schnauzers, the smaller versions became known as pinchers. And then just before World War II, the pincher neared extinction in Germany, its native country. Hmm. Personality, these guys can be willful, which can make training challenging. So, a lot like up, our pugs. Well, yeah. If you're up for a challenge, man, these guys are for you. They are fond of their family members, and the fondness comes through as playfulness, which I love. So, you know, if if you want somebody who's gonna love you and want to play, have at the Affenpinscher. They are uh, not great with young children. Yeah, so, I saw that too. That's interesting. It's interesting, I think, because I think they can see them as they can become territorial Mm -hmm. of their toys. So they could get mixed up with dog toys and, you know, children's toys. That's fair. I'm territorial of my things, too. I'm very territorial with my food. So don't come (laughs) at me
1: after. (laughs) Me, too. We have that in common.
0: And of course, there's their claim to fame. In 2013, a five-year-old pincher by the name of Banana Joe, or Joey, won the Westminster Dog Show. To the New York Times, his handler, Ernesto Lara, said, this isn't a breed you train. He's like a human. You befriend him.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine, like, their, their name list that landed them on Banana Joe? Like, they're going through names and they're like, well, we could do Apple Bob, we could do... <laughs> we could do yeah. Cherry Louise. Carol, Her- no, Banana Joe sounds yeah. right. Kiwi Carl. Yeah. Kiwi no. Carl.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And so you weren't supposed to see it in my pre show notes, but I do have an interview.
1: I did see that, but I don't know what the interview is. Did you talk to an actual Affen Pincher? I, d-
0: I spoke to an affin Pincher. I spoke to Banana Joe's assistant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did Banana Joe give us a statement?
0: He he did. No. Um, I spoke with, if you're on Instagram, please follow at Pugsley, and that's Pugsley with a Z, P U G Z L E Y 1234 on Instagram. She is the mom of Monkey and Essie, two absolutely adorable affin pinchers who you need to follow. I love and those I think, names. Oh my gosh, they are so cute. And I just chatted with her over email and asked her a little bit about Affin Pinchers. Oh my God, tell me everything. Oh my goodness. She said she first learned about Affin Pinchers when she got her first one, which I kind of feel is how a lot of us come into yep. different breeds. You just sort of get one. yeah, And and that's how you learn about them.
1: That you think is cute, which is where often that's what we're trying to help people avoid is to find the Right. right dog in terms of personality characteristics. That's exactly how I
0: got my first pug, Barkley. I got one. And you just sort of figure it out. But exactly. We're trying to help people understand personalities and what's right for them. So she got her first affin pincher, Monkey, in 2006. So Monkey is still with her. He's 14. And he's oh, my gosh. Adorable, he is an adorable senior affin. She went on to say that the breeder brought him out, and he just sat there with this little judgmental face sizing her up. Love which, it. I mean, can you imagine, like, looking her up and down, being like, well... I guess I'm fine to come home with you.
1: Let's see Uh, how it goes.
0: She said that he came home with her and she had no idea what she was getting into. And she tried doing a little research online, but there wasn't much out there, which I, I don't know if you still found this. And that was 14 years ago. I'm still finding that there's not a lot on Affenpinschers right now.
1: Well, our podcast is going to become the definitive source for Affenpinscher research. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And then I, I asked her, you know, I said many
0: people confuse pinchers and Brussels Griffon, you know, t- to tell me a little bit about how she feels as an pincher mom, how the two breeds are different. And she said that she actually follows a lot of Brussels Griffons on Instagram. And she thinks that pinchers are way more attached to their people than Griffons. Hmm. Um that she knows are that are attached to their humans. Talking to Griffon parents, it sounds like affin pinchers are much more a pain in the ass to train. Which does, which <laughs> like does, our pugs. I know, which uh, it does go to some of the research that I saw that they really are, you know, they're like little stubborn humans. You yeah. really do have to kind of take your time, be patient, and really stick to it. And she said that Athens are much less grumpy looking, which I thought was funny too. And who knows the Brussels, the Brussels people are out there going, that's not true. I don't think that, but you know, I, I mean,
1: they're, I think they're both pretty grumpy looking, which is what I love about them.
0: They're so, I, they're those dogs that are just so adorable and they just have these very human looking characteristics. I think that's so true. Like the beer. Um, Oh, my God. The, the little beard. Oh,
1: my yeah. gosh. So Especially on girls. It's like yes. a bearded lady. And when they're eating and the little crumbs
0: get stuck <laughs> in the beard. They're so cute. I asked her how she would describe the pincher personality because who better to describe it than someone who has had more than one? She said they are stubborn, protective, goofy, very determined, and extremely affectionate with their people. She said they're also manipulative and very smart. And I love that she said manipulative because I think that is key to showing just how intelligent they are. You have to be smart to be manipulative, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And it
0: shows to like getting their way and just really being able to control a situation. I asked her what she loves most about Affin pinchers. She said she loves how they can be so goofy and, of course, their adorable little faces. And then I asked what can be challenging about them. And she said they can be very stubborn and purposefully ignore you if they don't do what you were asking. They can be very much, they like to be on a schedule. Mm -hmm. They like to be on a routine and they will let you know if you are off of that schedule. The funniest thing I thought was she said her, one of her uh, Athens was Bob and Bob, which I absolutely love as a girl's name. Uh, that Oh was my God. Was it a girl? It was a girl, yes. Oh, my gosh. She said she was working from home, and Bob kept scratching at her foot to let her know that it was time to eat. And she had monkey huffing at her in the doorway. She kept working a little bit longer, and she noticed that her foot started feeling warm and then cold
1: and wet.
0: <gasps> Bob. Oh, my God. Up. Bob had given up on scratching her foot and started peeing on it. Oh, my
1: God, Bob. Oh, Bob. Oh, Bob. Don't. Don't pee on the foot that feeds you, Bob. Bob totally did. Bob was like, listen here, lady.
0: you are. It is past my dinner time, and I need my food. And I'm going to um, show you who's boss. I'm going to show you who's boss. Exactly. She said they can be very loud and barky around the house um, because they have to protect their people from all the humans and squirrels and rabbits. And yeah, I feel like that's how certain pugs can be as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So, not any that we
0: know. Of course not. Never. I feel like... Most people with t- some toy breeds sort of know this behavior quite well. And then finally, I asked her if anyone were to adopt their very first pincher, what advice would you give them? And she said, be patient. When they're young, they need to be kept busy. Otherwise, they can keep themselves busy by getting themselves into trouble. They do get upset and throw fits when they don't get their way. So if you give into them too much, they end up running the show, which is something else I read that you can't spoil them. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you spoil them, things can kind of go not well. So it's not a breed to be kind of pandered to.
1: So they're a little bit like toddlers, like the structure, like they need discipline. They're going to tell you when they're hungry and they might pee on something. I mean,
0: basically they're little stinkers. They're ornery little (laughs) muggers. And either you find that adorable and charming or you find it really annoying. And I mean, Beth, I think we run into this with pugs, right? You, You have people who are like, oh my God, pugs are adorable or you have those people who are like, oh my God, those dogs are so ugly. And like, you want to kick those people in the teeth. Because
1: right. Those people are
0: wrong. Uh, yeah, those people are the, that's the rudest thing you can possibly say to a pug parent because those people have no filter. So I think there's just those people who pinchers are made for, who just, you know, they want to be truly a dog parent, in which case your description of a toddler is absolutely perfect.
1: So Beth, that's what I have on pinchers. All right, well, let's pause here for a break. And as soon as we come back, will I'll tell you the few things I found that you didn't cover. Let's take a break, Beth. Okay, so back to the show. Just some, let's talk about features a little bit. So, if you're picturing a hundred pound dog, I think um, first of all you haven't been paying attention to the first half of the episode. But typically they're about seven to ten pounds, so you can carry them around in a little max bone carrier. Their life expectancy is about twelve to fifteen years. That's that's great, especially they're smaller dogs and typically smaller dogs live longer. They're hypoallergenic. So for people who don't want a dog that sheds a lot, unlike us, we love that our dogs shed so much.
0: I love that pug glitter all over. Love it.
1: I can't carry Um, enough lint rollers. (laughs) Um, So they're hypoallergenic. So if you don't want a dog that sheds, if you don't want to be vacuuming every day, uh, that's a great, great characteristic about these dogs. They are totally fearless in proportion to their size. So like you said, they they are like little guard dogs with a, a Napoleon complex. They're energetic, but they don't need a lot of exercise, which is great, like me, I, well, I guess I need exercise. I just don't like to exercise. So it's sort of the same. Um, They don't love time alone. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. If you're thinking about getting an affin pincher and the French nickname for them, I'm going to totally murder this. So it's Diabluton Mustachou, which means mustached little devil. Like how perfect is that? Someone from France can can write to us and correct my pronunciation. But as you said, Athens are not great with younger children, but they, they will do well with older children with whom they've been raised. And they're territorial and they don't they dislike being chased or squeezed. It can lead to nips and bites. So, you know, that's why they're really not great. They wouldn't do well with me
0: because I'm (laughs) squeezing Astrid like all the time. I'm grabbing her,
1: I'm squeezing her. So I'm like a child. (laughs) We're like children in many ways. So health issues. And again, we're not veterinarians. This is what we found through our research. So a few things that, you know, I read that that can be issues for affin pinchers, hip dysplasia, uh, luxating patella. There's some heart concerns, eye issues, dental concerns, and tracheal collapse. But, you know, all dogs are going to have their health issues. And this is why I always tell people when they get a dog... No matter the age, get insurance. I'm so happy I have insurance for my Gosh, dog. It's a must. So fun fact: um, more often than not, they only produce a few puppies per litter, and the puppies are blind when they're born. What is that? Yes. Of
0: all dogs? or is that just an activity? maybe?
1: I don't know. That's what I. That's what I read uh, that said oh, it was okay. a fun fact. Maybe it's just a they fact. They it was a fun fact. <laughs> they said it was a fun fact, but it's just a fact. Well, we'll we we'll see as we go through the alphabet. We'll see if other dogs are born blind. I suspect they are.
0: Or we'll get a veterinarian e- emailing us and going, "You stupid women! All exactly. dogs are
1: born blind." <laughs> this is why we're doing a podcast. All right, I can't wait any longer. We've got to start on the second half of the show, which is personifying them.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! Are we going? Are we going bit by bit?
1: Yes. Let's okay. let's each say what we what we thought. Okay. So
0: here's the affin pincher in personification. If if an affin pincher had a signature color, Beth,
1: what would it be? I think it would be Heather Gray. Oh, nice. I said tartan plaid. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's not a color, it's a print, it's but it's not I'll a color. Nice. <laughs> I
0: know. It's, pat- it's a signature pattern. All right,
1: career. I said wacky professor
0: how amazing I said
1: Dartmouth college adjunct professor in sociology oh my god that's so good and way more specific than mine but yeah oh my gosh so little professors
0: yes all right what name perfo- personifies the breed Alfred I said Anders we oh both my said god A names and I said Anders but not Andy like he hates it when he gets called Andy and I don't know absolutely. why absolutely oh, we'll he pee on your shame. foot Exactly. He totally would like, and rage pee just right in front of you.
1: Well, I also think like the alliteration is always fun with dogs. Alfred, the Affenpinscher.
0: Yes. I love it. All right. What's, what's the Affenpinscher's favorite cuisine? Thai food. I said he had a, has a gluten sensitivity, but he knows this great little bakery in Hanover. (laughs) Stop.
1: (laughs) Okay, so what would would the alcohol of choice be? A nice
0: cognac brandy. I said bourbon meat.
1: That's so good. Like in a
0: library? Totally in a library. In not just like, not really a public library, but like I'm picturing a private library with mahogany cabinets. Absolutely. and And if somebody comes in, he pulls his glasses down low on his nose and is like, May I help
1: you? And he's in a smoke, like a, like a, a rope. A smoking jacket. A smoking jacket. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like very Hugh Hefner. 100%. All
0: right. What are his hobbies, Beth? Bird watching. Oh, that is such a good one. that's such, such an adventure one. one, right? It is, because he has his notebook where he's checked off all the birds he's watched.
1: <laughs> his little binoculars.
0: Yes. All right. I said backgammon, reading on the veranda, and barking his bloody head off at whatever is outside.
1: I feel like your dogs were barking their bloody heads off when you were going through this list.
0: Oh, that could have been it. Maybe I was just taking notes on what I was observing. You're projecting. (laughs) I could be. All right, favorite place to shop? Strand Bookstore
1: in New York City. That's amazing. I said L.L. Bean. Oh, that's really good too. Yeah, for sure. It would be like go to Strand, take a leisurely stroll, pick out some books, and then go to L.L. Bean and buy some tartan plaid.
0: Well, that could be his online shopping as
1: well. True.
0: Especially now
1: during social isolation.
0: All right. What's his favorite? I keep saying his. It obviously could be a lady as well. A lady. Well, outfit.
1: the beard kind of throws us off, you know? I know.
0: Uh, favorite book.
1: Anything by David Sedaris.
0: I love that. Love I love David
1: Sedaris.
0: I just said favorite book was
1: delicious,
0: especially the back cover. <laughs> Okay, you nailed it. <laughs> All right, favorite podcast? That's a daily.
1: Oh, so good. Yeah, absolutely so, the daily. I said stuff you should know. <laughs> That's good, too. That's definitely a very Pincher podcast. Favorite TV show or movie? Anything by Woody Allen.
0: Absolutely. Right? I went totally the opposite and just said Black Panther. <laughs> It's so random. It's so random, and yet he just loved it. He just I
1: did. That. All
0: right,
1: celebrity look alike. Oh, this is really hard. I didn't. I couldn't think of anything. But I'm gonna. I'll just go on the spot. Like a someone very like dark and and but like handsome. Like maybe a, um like a Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know though. What did you say?
0: Billy Porter. Not for for style. Imagine Billy. Well, although Billy Porter could pull off a smoking jacket for sure. And it would be over the top, over the top. He'd be have like plaid pants on and like a matching. I could see it. I think you got that one
1: right. Definitely more than Joaquin Phoenix.
0: All right. I loved that part. That was my absolute favorite. That was
1: so fun okay so let's talk about rescue so this was this these were harder for us to find and anyone who's listening if there is a local affin pincher rescue make sure to send it to us or post it on the comments on instagram i'd love to hear about them or if you just you know have a, you got your affin pincher from a rescue that wasn't a breed specific rescue but you can check out affin pincher rescue of america America or the American Pincher Rescue. And we'll put the, the URLs in our show notes. But those were the two organizations that kept coming up. So if you are thinking about adopting an Affenpinscher after listening to this podcast, check out those two uh, rescues, because I think in addition to showing any adopt- adoptable dogs, you'll learn more about pinchers. Amazing. So Beth, I know
0: we were Dying over some of the Instagram accounts.
1: Oh my god, that was one of my favorite parts of our research.
0: What Instagram accounts do you think people should
1: definitely give a follow
0: to if they've taken a liking to Affenpinschers? Okay,
1: so there are so many cute ones, like you said, and we follow a lot of really cute Affenpinscher accounts from our Instagram. So you can look at who we follow and find a bunch of great ones, but two that I thought were especially cute. Pincher Roxy. It's Pincher, and then R-O-X-Y. And we'll put that in the show notes. And Pincher Lenny, L-E-N-N-Y. So, so cute. They are so cute. And of course, as mentioned,
0: please give a follow if you're an Affenpinscher file after listening to this. Pugsley, one, two, three, four. Again, that's Pugsley with a Z and at Nori underscore sesame underscore affin. Also adorable. That's a New York based affin pincher. And then alpha A L P H A the affin girl. Oh my gosh. So adorable. There are some great affin
1: pincher accounts out there. They just have such big personalities. And again, like the beards kill me. So, all right, let's summarize. Who is this dog perfect for? They don't need a lot of exercise, but they have energy. They are stubborn. Uh, They attach to their human. Like they're definitely human dogs as opposed to being dog dogs. They are little watchdogs. They have like Napoleon complexes. If you don't want to deal with dogs that are suspicious towards strangers or bark, that is, you know, that's the affin and is not going to be right for you. So I'm thinking like the profile of the person who is so perfect for this dog, someone who works from home, who doesn't have children or who has older or grown children, who's patient and likes a leisurely stroll around the block or to Strand Bookstore, but isn't a runner who's going to want a dog to run with them. I think that is the perfect person for an Affenpinscher.
0: Sounds like a really nice person.
1: I mean, sort of like me. Okay. <laughs> Working from home now, single. Likes a leisurely stroll. I don't know how patient I am, but... <laughs>
0: That's amazing. I just want to give a shout out to some of the sources where I found my information. I went to PuppyTube, that's T-O-O-B dot com. I actually got some great information on Orvis.com. They're a very good
1: resource for dog information. I saw that too. Some of my research is from there as well.
0: Also, I went to Canine Chronicle. They have the Affin Pincher, a historical perspective. So if you're interested in doing a deep dive, there you go. I also found an article called Back to Basics. It was an Affin Pincher PDF on ABGA.club.
1: And that was a really good article as well. So I think all of my research came from pretty much any site on Google that mentions an Affin Pincher, but a couple to shout out to dogcrunch.com, PuppyTube, and Dogtime.com. So again, we'll put the we'll put our sources in the show notes as well. But shout out to all the great sites out there that gave us information for the episode.
0: That was Affin Pincher, everyone. Coming up next is Afghan Hound. Yay. I'm so excited because I don't know anything about them. I know. I love Afghans. (laughs) (laughs) They're super comfortable, especially when it's chilly out. I think, yeah, I'm excited to
1: learn more about them. And I'm going to outdo you on that one. Like you outdid me with your research. (laughs) Well, Um, you'll be going first next week. Exactly. Oh yeah. Okay. That's how we're doing it. I get, all right. That's fair. Okay, that was so much fun, Jen. So, where can people find us if they if they want if they still want to find us after listening to this?
0: If they are still listening to us?
1: They're still <laughs> exactly okay. You can find us on the dog and pony show
0: podcast.com or on Instagram at dogandponyshowofficial. and pony show official. You can find Helen, that's Beth's dog, at it's Helen the pug. And you'll find Astrid, that's my dog, at Astrid underscore pika pug. Sorry about the pretentious underscore.
1: I'm I don't know So I'm pretentious, but also kind of like perfect for Astrid.
0: I would also just like to give a shout out to Helen Owens Lettering, who has done the illustrations and branding for our amazing website and Instagram features. You'll
1: be seeing some of her work throughout, and I'm just really excited about it. She's amazing. So thanks so much for listening, everyone. And remember, the best dog in the world is always your dog.
0: The Dog and Pony Show is produced and hosted by Jen Meredith and Beth Stellato, two women with absolutely no medical experience other than paying the big bills our dogs accumulate at the veterinarian. While we know our way around an insulin syringe and have collected a urine sample or 45, and while we may occasionally have medical experts on as our guests or discuss health issues faced by particular breeds, This podcast is in no way intended to provide professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your veterinarian with any questions you may have regarding your pet. Never disregard professional veterinary advice or delay in seeking treatment for your pet because of something you heard on our podcast or read on our website or social media. The views we share are ours alone and do not represent the opinions of our employers or sponsors.